Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. So uh, we're looking forward to the Word of God today and going to look into it. And isn't He faithful to give us what we have need of? He is absolutely faithful. Um, Let's pray. Can we do it now? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your rich, rich word. We look at it and it restores us. It goes into our eyes. It goes into our ears and and then lodges in our heart and makes where we were trembling, it makes us strong again. Your word does that. Your word to us, Lord, turns the lights on and not just a dim light, but a big light that drives shadows away where we don't have to be deceived by things. So we thank you for your word in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. Well, one of the things that um, has been in the way of the Lord in my own personal life, um, I, I just sometimes I get phrases or I see pictures or sometimes I just hear a word. And it, is, it comes strong in me. It's like it speaks from the inside out out. It just speaks in me. I was remembering yesterday after I got home from Gather, which it was so good to be with all the gals. We had a wonderful time yesterday. But yesterday after I got home and I was taking some time to pray and um, I heard a word that I had heard years ago. My goodness, maybe 35 years ago. I was flying in some place, and I, and I had to go minister. And as we were just getting ready to land, I heard inside this word reverberating, family. And um, I, that's the only way I know how to say it. It just was like, whoa. It was bigger than just the saying of it. It just, like, echoed in my heart, family. And I knew that in the pronunciation of that word from him to my heart, uh, it spoke of, of the weight and the importance of that word to God. What family is to God. And so today, we're going to talk about family. So... Um, to do it, I'd like us to look at this. You know, when and being in the States this last time, too, something that was enriching, in addition to being with um, Lily and Evan and our new little one, um, we were also with Evan's parents, which, are, which were dear uh, spiritual family. They were like, are like brothers and sisters. And so it, it was just that dimension of... Not, not blood family, but his blood family. 
And so we got to, to see people like that, be with people like that, other friends that we had had for years and um, had worked and prayed with for years, and we got to reacquaint and be together. And uh, oh, how rich and wonderful it is. One of the people that we got to reacquaint with is we got to be in Tulsa and be together with the Hagans. I got to spend a day with them, and um, and it was just so sweet. And uh, we were reminded of things that we have been so blessed. Tony and I have been so blessed in in the journey in God together. And um, I was remembering uh, last night when I woke up at three in the morning because Tony and I went to bed at 7.30. It's either that the hour is off or we're old or something. <laughs> anyway, but I woke up at 3, so I'm awake. And um, I went downstairs and was just uh, thinking and praying and listening to, to what he was putting in my heart. And he reminded me of something that, um, that Tony and I would have gotten to experience years ago when we worked together with the founder of Rama. That's the name of this church, Rama Family Church. But there is a ministry in Tulsa, Oklahoma that we're affiliated with. And Brother Hagen is the founder of that. And um, he, uh, I, I got to live with them for uh, some months of time while Tony and I were engaged. And, um, but in addition to that closeness of working, there was something that triggered in my heart this morning when I remembered some times of, of prayer, persistent prayer that we would have. And it was for America. It was for, uh, he had a very strong teaching about all believers responsibility to pray for the nations that we live in. The church is a nation, as it were, all right? We are the body of Christ, but we live in nations. And so he taught very strong that you and I have responsibility to pray and be in his representative in the nations in which we live. And one of the things that he prayed on a weekly basis, we'd pray many different things and for different countries around the world and all. But we would pray, when we would pray for the nation that we lived in, there were th three things that he would address when he would take authority. We would pray different things, but when he took authority, he would say, devil, and he would have us pray after him. He'd say, devil, and we would repeat, Take your hand off of the political scene of our nation. So I thought that this morning. That came back to me this morning. And then he would say, devil, take your hand off of the economic scene of our nation. And then he would say, devil, you take your hand off of the domestic scene of our nation. So as I was thinking about that this morning, I saw pictured uh, the legs of this tripod. 
because this tripod is able to stay erect because it stands upon uh, these three legs. If any one of these three legs gives out, uh, it, causes, it causes collapse. Now, as far as a nation is concerned, it is important that these three legs are stalwart and strong. There are other influences in the nation. There's education, there's the media, there's arts, there's all different things that influence these legs, influence the family and domestic scene. They influence politics. They influence the economic scene. But uh, it is important that the church realizes that we have authority to be able to pray into the scene of these three components in our nation and not allow the devil to just do whatever he wants to. Well, we're not going to talk about the political scene and we're not going to talk today about the economic scene, but we are going to talk today about the domestic scene of our nation because the strength of a nation is um, is greatly affected by all three of these legs. The, the strength of a, a nation is greatly affected by the domestic scene in that nation. Family was not invented by an old group of people that just thought, oh, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be nice? Family actually came out of the heart of God. And so we're going to talk about that today, very precious to God. And because it's so precious to God, it is hated by the devil. It represents the very heart of God. And when it is purely displayed, it displays the heart of God, which the devil can't stand. So he tries to bring chaos to families so people misunderstand God and his own heart. There was something that Abraham Lincoln said 140 years ago, around more than 140 years ago, and we'll let him, you know, he was, he was one of the, you know, uh, presidents of the United States, but he was also a philosopher. He said different things uh, that are quotable and, uh, and represents, we could say he represents the West. He said this, the strength of a nation lies in the homes of its people. All right? Remember that. The strength of a nation lies in the homes of its people. If you can weaken the homes and unravel family, if you can unravel relationships, you can weaken a nation and prepare it for collapse. Let's go to the, the East because we'll say that Abraham Lincoln representing the West. Let's go, let's take in the East where most of the humans live on our planet. Confucius, Confucius who lived uh, 500 plus BC, okay, that's before Christ. That's a long time ago. He said this, and he was also a philosopher, the strength of a nation derives from the strength 
of the home. Wow. But let's not just go by Abraham Lincoln or Confucius. We actually have a more sure word and the word of God. We're going to go actually and, and look at some things from the Bible. Now, the Bible isn't the oldest book. It is an old, a very old book, but it is not the oldest book that's ever been written. There is a lot more books that have been written with greater antiquity. But what the Bible does do is it tells us and gives us insight into the one who is eternal that there is no beginning of days. It connects us with God. And so, yes, there are older books in the Bible, but the Bible tells us and connects us to, to the one before time immortal, God himself. In that book, in the book of Genesis, government which is another one of these legs, government or political or the, the whole thing within the governing body and the, the uh, law enforcement and everything that is involved in that, that did not come in the Bible or mentioning in the Bible until Genesis, the eighth chapter. And then it augments all down through to the 11th chapter. But family was first pronounced and described, marriage was, in Genesis 2, 3, and family in 4. Family was way before government. There have been nations that have come and gone, empires that have come and gone, and families are still there. Leaders, political leaders come and go. But the institution of family is an eternal thing because it didn't come from man. It came out of the heart of God and it is important to God. Your family is important to God. Your God-given relationships, not just blood relationships, but God-given connections are important to God. And the devil hates them and will do everything he can to weaken them, to unravel them. Well, <laughs> what does God have to say about all of that? I'd like us to go to Ephesians, the third chapter, and look at verse 14. This is in the New King James Version. And Paul was praying. And uh, what we want to see was the first part of this prayer because it's an identification. In the song that we were singing today, it says, Open my eyes that, uh, that I may know you or something. So show me who you are. That's, that's what we were singing. We were praying that song. Show me who you are. And fill me with your heart. And he does. And that is, a, that is a right thing for us to pray. Another thing for us to realize that when he opens our eyes, he not only shows us who he is, he shows us who we are. Because if we don't know who we are, we'll misrepresent him. We misrepresent 
uh, everything that we're supposed to. And so here's some things that describe him and us, all right? It says this, For this reason I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth are named. So when we're praying that you show us who you are, one of the things that is the most beautiful thing that for us to know about God is that he, when he becomes, when you ask him into your life, Jesus into your life and you're born again, God, almighty creator, actually not, you know, metaphorically and whatever, actually becomes your heavenly father. So it's fine for you to pray to God, dear God. It's fine for you to do that, but you have actually a privilege of calling God your father. He's my father, and I'm his very own child. Isn't it wonderful? And because he's my father, there's characteristics about him that belong to me. I can see my characteristics um, in my parents. And uh, sometimes when I talk, I think, ah, it's my mom. And then sometimes when I run, Tony says, you look like your dad. And so there are characteristics that just come just as far as being family. But when we got born again, there's characteristics then that we have because God is our father. But knowing that can make the difference. But it says here, he is our father in heaven uh, and the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We are the, the body of Christ, but another word for body of Christ, another term for body of Christ is family. It's one reason why we chose the name that our church has at this present time. We've used purposefully the name family, not to exclude people that maybe who have come and have had a situation in their, their own family where their family is not intact or there's been, you know, tragedy or hurt or whatever thing in their family. The family of God is so beautiful. It's so inclusive and so multicolored and so from different nations, kindreds, tribes, tongues, languages, looks, and it's beautiful. And there is not one group of people that is more special in this family than another. We're all so loved by the Father. We're adored and respected by the Father, and we love and respect one another in this family. All right. So, but because this family is so precious to God, it, like I said, there is a, um, an enemy against it and will do everything he could to cause chaos and disruption and dysfunction in the family. Now, um, back in Nehemiah, we're going to look in this book in just a moment, but it gives an account of a bunch of Jews that came back from Babylon where they had been in captivity for 70 years after they had repeatedly and repeatedly chose other gods over God and the ways of those other gods, which were really quite horrible and, and death-filled. And so they've come back 
But their enemies who live around Jerusalem don't want them to build a wall. They don't want them to, to be strong. And so they're constantly pecking at them and trying to cause disruption and confusion and, and deceit to get them to tear apart and not keep building the wall. Well, this is what um, we read in Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, and verse 12. Let's start there. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards around the lowest parts of the walls and the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families, armed with swords, spears, and bows. I think this is very interesting. When the city needed protected, this whole city wall needed protected, the wisdom of, the God, of God through Nehemiah here was to activate families and get families to stand together with families. It wasn't just a national situation. He made it a family situation. I believe that family can be a secret weapon of God. The devil is against it, but, uh, you know, praise God. When the devil comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. Let's read, let's read on. It says here, I station the people to guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Woo, that's instruction. Anytime you hear fear being piped in through news, through all kinds of different ways, Guard against it because it is an enemy. Fear is an enemy. It's a demonic spirit that is, that, that is professional in weakening. It's necessary in the, in the disruption and the unraveling of any of these legs. Guard against fear. Remember the Lord. That's another thing. Don't be afraid, but remember God. Yes who is great and glorious, and then don't just do that. It gives further instruction. It says, and fight. Fight. Now, the, the kind of fight that we do is a fight of faith. And that's why fear is so terrible, and that's why strife is so terrible, because those things are, those things are the opposite of faith. And the devil will try to get you into fear, and he'll try to get you into strife, because then your faith doesn't work. But praise the Lord. We know his devices. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious, and fight. Now, notice it doesn't say to fight your brothers, your sons, your daughters, and wives, and homes. It says fight for them. Fight for them. I think that is a very interesting thing. You mean you, we actually might have to fight? 
for our families? Yes. Yes, we want to do it by the, by the way of the Lord. But the fight of faith is a good fight, but it must be fought. Just doing nothing is not responsible. Looking away and turning away is not responsible. So where it comes to strengthening this leg that is supportive to a nation, strengthening family which is supportive to any nation, it's not just a a cup of tea. We have to engage and do it the way of the Lord. Let's, let's, let's go on. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. Glory to God. <laughs> now, I'd like you to go to Exodus, the 12th chapter, and verse 3. Um, in the armor that is mentioned in Ephesians, the 6th chapter, there is a sword of the Spirit, which the Bible says is the Word of God. But a sword that is in the sheath does nobody any good. It has to be taken out. And that word is the spoken word. So believing things is beautiful. You need to know what to believe. But the Bible says that the spirit of faith speaks what they believe. It's important to come to church and and to hear and to listen to podcasts and YouTube and da-da-da, to hear what other people believe and fill your heart with it. But there is no sword activating until you're speaking. Speak the word. Speak it in your house. Speak it in your car. Speak it coming and going. Speak it. And the Bible says in the instruction that it gives in the Old Testament to, of, of, of the Jews with their children, the Israelites with their children, it says, speak it when you're coming and going, when people are waking up, and when they're sitting down, when you're eating. Speak the word. That's the sword. The shield, of course, is faith. It's defensive. This is and you need both in the fight. Praise God. Now, let's go to Exodus, the 12th chapter, and verse 3. Earlier in this service, we had um, communion. Uh, we have communion every Sunday. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it. We've had discussions about it you know, because we know that by doing something every week for some it can become a ritual or a religious tradition do we stop it we don't want it we don't want to degrade the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus by people ever taking it just by ritual or traditionally but Tony's still real firm we need to have communion as a church family when we come together. Are you thankful for the opportunity to take communion? You know, there can be whole sermons about communion because the, the value of, of it is so much more than what somebody can put in just a, a few words. Yes, there's healing. Yes, there's restoring. Yes, there's so many amazing things. 
and about the body too. Just everything is so important about that. But what we, our heart's desire is not to grow familiar and casual about it, but that we wake up and realize that we're holding in our hands and taking in us something that represents the only thing, the only thing that brings redemption to humankind. And it helps us. It starts with us, but it doesn't stop with us. It's to come through us. So we're to, instead of growing cold with things, it's to get stronger. Amen. So the first communion wasn't in church, though. <laughs> the first communion wasn't in church. The first communion was actually in, um, in a home, in homes. So if you could go to Exodus, the 12th chapter, in verse 3. It says, announce to the whole community, everyone of Israel, that on the 10th day of the month, each family, here it is, that word again, family. He didn't just, he did deal with them as a community, like, a, like all the Israelites, but he identified within that family, that, that ethnic family, individual families as well. And he said, announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. My goodness, you can just think about how many lambs were, were slaughtered on that day. And, um, but those, the blood that those animals carried was just innocent. Those animals hadn't done anything wrong. So their blood was innocent, and they took the, the blood from those animals and with a, a branch, they, a hyssop branch, they, they put blood on the doorposts of the house because there was a, 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 a spirit of death that was going over the country and where, of Egypt, and wherever there was blood on the doorpost, that death would not go in the house. So... It wasn't enough to have a lamb. It wasn't enough just to kill the lamb. It wasn't. It, 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 it had to be applied. So what am I? What, uh, what I'm saying is, we're not using a branch anymore, but we need to use our mouth, not just in in receiving the communion and putting it in our mouth. Speak what we believe. And sometimes when we take communion here, we say things. But one of the reasons why we say things is because it's the application of this wonderful work of the Lord Jesus. We're using it. We believe it. Praise the name of the Lord. I admonish you. You know, when we come together, Tony's decided, you know, made a decision that we want to do it as a family. Here we want to uh, we want to keep receiving communion together, and we're asking the Lord to open our eyes together. Uh, but I really admonish you to take communion in your own homes. Get this down into the family level. I can't tell you how many times when I've been taking communion in my in my home. I feel like I am holding weapons. 
I would say this, uh, weaponized communion. <laughs> that precious body and that blood are, are fighting tools for your family. Whatever has plagued your family, whatever, whatever is broken or dysfunctional or addicted or weakened or anything in the body like that or in the soul, that body and that blood is the reversal of that. Oh, my goodness. Let's use those aren't the only tools, but let's use the tools that we have. And they certainly did use, um, every family did that. Praise God. And then what is going around, whatever, whatever is unraveling families all around in the world around us, we stand against it in the name of Jesus. Amen? And fight for them. Now, I would just really uh, like to encourage all of us that in the fight for our families, uh, we've seen some things turn around in a very short amount of time. We've just seen amazing miracles in my family. And um, I know the doctor that was talking to my, uh, my mother, my oldest sister was with her. He said, he said Mrs. Bierman, you must be scared. You're 87 years old. You must be so scared. And, uh, and Mama said, well, actually, I'm okay. And he said, oh, I don't think you understand the report then. And um, did you understand what I told you is going on in your body? And she said, yeah, I think I got it. <laughs> then my oldest sister stepped up. He, she said, doctor, you have to understand that our family has faced deadly things in our family before. And she started naming all the different things, and she laid her hands on her own, her own chest. She said, I had heart failure. I was, I was told, I, I, or they told my family I wouldn't live. I was in a coma for three weeks. They said I wouldn't live, and yet here I am. And yet here I am. No, we're not afraid. But not because my mom is just, you know, not in her right mind and doesn't get it. Or not because she just won't face it. Or not because it's because we know how to stick together. Amen. Stand on the word that won't change. And have victory together. So... I just, I want to encourage you. We've seen some things change in a short amount of time, but then we've also seen some things take years. Say, well, I don't, I don't want the year thing. Sign me up for the quick change. <laughs> Anybody want one of those quickies? I know, there's so much, you know, it's so much easier, but I can tell you, as Daddy was telling story after story after story of different things, th things that have happened in our family that I didn't even know, saw what happens when somebody just will not give up off of the word. God bless 
Australia. But one of the best ways, one of the three best ways to help Australia, there's other ways too, and we've looked at those and we will look at those, but today we're talking about strengthen the family. Strengthen the family. Prayers that are prayed in the family. Prayers that are prayed in the car. You're on the same page. And I'm talking about blood family, but I'm also talking about spiritual family. When God gives you a connection in the spirit in this great family of ours, hook on and don't let go. If God has joined you with somebody that you can pray together, you believe the same thing, then when the devil tries to break your friendship up, don't believe it. Don't believe it. You know, um, Tony and I were talking about, uh, and it came up in the conversation, do you think this person would think that, that you're mad at them? Or do you think that they're mad at you? I said, that thought has never occurred to me in my whole life. I was talking to one of those friends that I, I hadn't seen in a long time. Billy Brim is a dear friend, yeah, her name is, and I haven't seen her in a year, years and years. But I said, you know what? I know that wherever you are in the whole world, you're not talking bad about me. I know it. And you know I'm not talking bad about you. Why? Because we respect the connection. And anything that tries to separate that connection, we are kicking it out of here. We're not letting go of one another. Disbelieve the lies that the devil tells you about people you're supposed to be connected to. Stay connected. Use that connection. Believe together. Because agreement is powerful. Praise the name of the Lord. Ah, let's fight. Amen. And fight doesn't have to sound like hack and spit all the time. The night before, the night before I left, um, my, my parents, uh, I sang healing songs. My mama was singing alto, and I was singing all these. We sang for over an hour just song after song after song after song of healing. It sounded pretty. And my mama's 87-year-old voice isn't what it used to be, but it was pretty. But it was war. Amen. Open your mouth. Get your sword out. Get your shield up. Let's fight for our families. Praise the name of the Lord. Can I pray for you? Dear Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful that we're not God. We don't have to be the Savior of our family. Not one of us in here has been given the responsibility of being God. Help us to know that we're not, they're not saved by our always telling them that they're wrong or telling them what to do or telling them what they need to change. But you need our faith that what your word says in Acts the 16th chapter that 
those that believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved and our house. Help us not let go of that promise. Help us hang tight on that promise. And the devil that's trying to steal family members, trying to tear them up. We're not going to just stand idly by and look with pathetic eyes on it. No, we step up and we step out and we fight for them in the name of Jesus. We say, devil, take your hand off of our families. Take your hand off of the domestic scene of our nation. In Jesus' name. Father, if there's anybody in this room today that isn't born again, is not in the family of God, yeah, they have natural family, maybe good family, maybe not so good. But Father, there's another family that you're inviting everyone into, and it's the family where you are the Father. Oh, Father God, what a wonderful thing you did to make a way for everyone to get in your family. Let's pray a prayer that anyone can pray that is watching us today or is in this room right now. If you're not in the family of God, God is not your Father. When we pray this prayer, you pray it from your heart. He will be. Pray it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving me, choosing me, wanting me, that you sent Jesus to die for me because of my sins. I accept what Jesus did. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. And I ask Jesus to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life right now. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just lift your hands up to him? Hallelujah. Father, as hands are up all over, I ask you to strengthen strengthen, strengthen, strengthen people. Those that are about to stagger because, oh, the promise is beautiful, but it just looks, how in the world could it happen? Father, I ask you to help them not to, not to give in, not to give up. No! Strengthen them so that they stand in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. We're going to sing in just a moment. But today I want to minister at the end of this service um, to anyone who falls into these categories. Your feet are wandering. I got this in my heart. Wandering feet or wondering. You're wondering which way to go. And you've just been testing this. Is it this? Is it this? And um, I, I want to pray over your feet today. And God's going God's to show you what to do. You're going to know what to do. And you're going to know this is the way. Walk in it. This is what is the right thing to do. And, uh, that kind of feet and also the kind of feet, uh, they're stumbling feet. 
and you've actually made a wrong choice and it's plunged you on a road your feet are on a road that's not your road it's not your road you don't belong there but you don't know how to get off and the Lord's going to show you how to get off praise the name of the Lord if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week please visit our website at brainer.org.au 